This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. From movie set to multiplex, it's the business of film with James Cameron Wilson. I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown, I amuse you. Wilson! Wilson! It is indeed the business of film. I'm Simon Rose. Delighted to be talking as ever to James Cameron Wilson as we find out what's been happening at the UK box office. So where do Thank we begin, you for the James? E.T. clip. That was very, very clever of you. In light of Spielberg's new film has just opened this yes. last week. If only that was planned, James, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, to the chart. Things have been looking up of late, and I'm very glad to say that from the previous weekend, the chart has gone up again by mm-hmm. 18%. When I say the chart, I mean the overall box office at the United Kingdom mm-hmm. and Ireland tills we're at number one for the seventh week running we have avatar the way of water down a mild 24 percent it made 2.1 million pounds last weekend and it's currently the 16th highest grossing film of all time at the uk box office now snapping at the heels of disney's live action beauty and the beast having trounced last weekend Avengers Infinity War. So what's the total that's taken? Um, its total now at the UK box office is 70.7 million quid. And you're the only person I know who's seen it. I, none of my friends really? have talked about it. None of my friends have talked about it at all. <laughs> Gosh, I know lots of people have seen it. Oh, okay. And they all say how pretty it is and wish that it hadn't been quite so long. Yes, yes. But it so has it Hitch- been... Hitchcock who said what the length of the film should be in inverse um, correlation with the, the endurance of the human bladder. Uh, yes. Um, yes, yes. More yeah, important it, to us as we get older as well, James. Okay. Well, it has been a remarkable week for box office, actually, uh, box office records, hmm. because at number two, and I did not see this coming, Pathan Simon, which is a Hindi, a very long Hindi action thriller, which was released on 8,000 screens worldwide and grossed 68 million, which is a record for an Indian film. Here it grossed 1.4 million. And on Saturday alone, it made more money in a single day than any other Indian film in history at the UK box office. Doom 3 remains the highest Indian grocer in this country. What's this one called? Pathan. Pathan. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Which is an action thriller, and the main character is called Mm. Pathan. And the way it's going, it should eclipse Doom 3 in no time. So watch this space or listen to this space. Mm. At number three, we have a new film. In fact, we've got five new entries, which is why I think the box office is looking so robust and has jumped up 18%. But some of these entries are non-English language, which is really surprising. So the next one is 
mainly in English, not entirely in English, which is called plain. Uh, I know that I appear to have a weakness for dinosaurs and Gerard Butler, <laughs> but yeah. Gerard Butler, while primarily the star of genre thrillers, is not just Jason Statham or Liam Neeson. And plain is a case in point. Its remit is to thrill, as in thriller, and it does so exceptionally well. Again, I implore you not to watch the trailer, which is as good as a precy of the entire plot. And the poster doesn't help much either. All you need to know is that Gerard Butler plays the pilot of a commercial airliner, Trailblazer Airlines Flight 119, and he's flying his plane from Singapore to Tokyo on New Year's Eve. That's it. That's all you need to know. While I have a weakness for dinosaurs and Gerard Butler, I also have a weakness for airplane movies. From Airplane, funniest mm. of the mm. bunch, to Flight Plan and the documentary like United 93 from Paul Greengrass to the German Blood Red Sky, currently available on Netflix, and of course, Clint Eastwood's Sully. I just can't get enough of them. However, I haven't seen Snakes on a Plane, which I know didn't get the best <laughs> reviews. Besides the reassuring masculine presence of Gerard Butler, complete with Scottish accent, Plane, just plain Plane, has the advantage of being directed by Jean-Francois Richet, Richet, who directed the accomplished remake of John Carpenter's Assault on Precinct 13, has a way with suspense. Utilising a handheld camera, he projects us under the skin of the action and is not against slipping in a few red herrings. When I saw Plane, I knew nothing. I luckily hadn't seen the poster even, so I was caught up in the story from the get-go without waiting for the big knowable reveals to reveal themselves. The film starts on the run as Brody Torrance, Gerard Butler, is already late for the plane he is to pilot to Tokyo, although obviously the plane can't leave without him. Mm -hmm. But he's on his mobile explaining the situation to his daughter in the US, who's at university, which neatly fills us in as well. But when he promises her there won't be any delays, he may be tempting fate. It is New Year's Eve, the same holiday as featured in Richet's Assault on Precinct 13, and there's a storm brewing. However, an official reassures Torrance that he can just fly above it, thereby saving fuel as it will be more of a direct flight, particularly as there is only a skeleton passenger list before Torrance flies the plane on to Honolulu. We learn more about Torrance and inevitably warm to him when he introduces himself to his co-pilot and when on their phones they share photographs of their respective families to each other. There's then an unexpected addition to the passenger list when an FBI officer turns up with a giant of a man in handcuffs on extradition on charges of homicide. So long as nothing out of the ordinary happens, <laughs> the unforeseen stranger shouldn't be a danger. And on board, we have the usual roster of intercontinental riffraff who are never as polite and charming as you and I are whenever we travel by air. So sit back, folks, 
and enjoy the ride. I suppose I should class Plain as a guilty pleasure, partly because of the carbon footprint of its protagonist, but I was very pleased to see that most of the reviews for the films have been really favourable. In fact, after all the worthy Oscar contenders of late, it was something of a relief to sit through something as <laughs> undemanding as this, although I was pretty gripped from beginning to end. I had no idea where it was going. Luckily, I hadn't seen the trailer, and mm. I was reminded of the wonderful <clears throat> thrill of pure cinematic escapism. And remember, in the words of your captain, Brody Torrance, no need to worry, folks. These planes are pretty in destructible and that is all mm. i'm saying yes i did see one good review which gave away rather more of the plot than you have which is a, i'm so a, sorry a, a, a shame but it does sound good fun yes yeah, i read Variety, always which always always as polite as you can possibly be on a plane ever since i met uh, well, well i was friends with two ex laker stewardesses who said that the really difficult pl- passengers would often get their last drink containing a laxative oh my god really yeah 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 ow so, on a plane, that's not good. Well, no, it was the last, the last drink, you know, before just before landing. Okay, even so. Yeah. So presumably, so it would have an effect after they left. Anyway, that is plane, which is number three. Perhaps that's a good moment for us to take a breather. But there's plenty more, as James has said, in the box office chart this week. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously, and six one since that matters, and. What do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Sharing ideas about money. This is Share Radio. This is Simon Rose. You're listening to The Business of Film with James Cameron Wilson as he takes us through the box office for uh, last weekend. So, James, number three was Plane. What's number four? Yes, number three was Plane, which I'm not sure I said it made £1.1 million. And at four, we have another new film which made £1,068,000 called The Fable Man. Now, I think there's an interesting discussion to be had about the difference between art and craft, particularly when it comes to the cinema. I mentioned this as I think Steven Spielberg is a superlative craftsman and his films are a joy to behold, whether he is exposing us to the bedlam of a crowded tourist beach in high summer or on a beach on Normandy during the Second World War. Where he places his camera and how he moves his dolly culminate in creating an emotional beat that is all but imperceptible to the human brain, but somehow invites a collusion between filmmaker Mm. and filmgoer. He just draws the viewer in. Art, on the other hand, is a more spontaneous form, which in the right hands creates enormous spiritual response. And of course, there is room in the cinema for both art and craft And although the latter craft is employed best in the service of mainstream storytelling and maybe in raising the hairs on the back of your neck, I think Spielberg is arguably the greatest storyteller working in the cinema today alongside Paul Greengrass. Now, Spielberg brings us the Fablemans 
his most personal project to date, a thinly disguised cine biography, which is very popular now when you think of Kenneth Branagh's Belfast and mm. Paolo Sorrentino's The Hand of God. Anyway, I think to call it semi-autobiographical would seem to be a wise move so as to protect the guilty and to allow some elbow room for dramatic meddling and license. But you know what's unspooling before you is Spielberg, because all the facts are out there. And unlike another magnificent storyteller, Alfred Hitchcock, Spielberg is such an eminently likable guy. This is the story of the kid who was so frightened, and Spielberg is great with kids, so frightened of going to the cinema into the dark with giants emerging from a screen that he had to be cajoled by his parents, here played by Michelle Williams and Paul Dano. But when we see him, the little boy, staring up at the screen, watching Cecil B. DeMille's The Greatest Show on Earth, we know that the future of the cinema will never be the same again, as Spielberg was to go on and virtually invent the blockbuster mm. single-handedly. Here, his alter ego is named Sammy, Sammy Fableman, which neatly rhymes with Bagelman, an invented nickname at school, which thrusts home the anti-Semitism Spielberg was to suffer as a child. Now, you had somewhat lowered my expectations, Simon Rose, but I mm -hmm. did find myself invested in this quirky Jewish family where Sammy inherits his practical skills from his father and his artistic sensibility from his mother, building on his own innate imagination to create a series of highly impressive home movies. As Orson Welles once said, the enemy of art is the absence of limitations. And so Spielberg's toy train, his toy train set grew in adulthood to accommodate thousands of extras and millions of dollars, ultimately producing such films as Saving Private Ryan and War of the Worlds. Although his most expensive movie to date is apparently Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Would you believe it? Anyway, do we, but we do care about the boy growing up in domestic bedlam with three younger sisters. I, I certainly did, partly because I could see that love on the screen and Michelle Williams and Paul Dano are such good actors. Mm. Their characters both wanting the best for their children. The Fablemans, I found playful, affectionate, and funny, but there's also a very dark seam running through it, which, because I was invested, I found surprisingly disturbing. But above all, I loved it because it was a Spielberg movie, a supremely crafted hymn to an emerging passion for cinema. I will admit that some of the family stuff is a bit long, I may be a tad self-indulgent at times, but for the more dramatic moments to work later on, I think we needed that domestic downtime. It's not a film I would recommend wholeheartedly to anybody. As I would say, I would recommend Empire of Light, but I got an awful lot out of it. It's a beautiful film to, beautiful film to look at, although the Oscar nomination for John Williams' score, I suspect, was a purely sentimental gesture now i know that you were disappointed mm. um you even said you were bored 
Yes, perhaps I shouldn't have told you anything before you'd actually seen it, but I was bored. I just found it, I found myself getting more and more distracted and less and less involved as it went on. I don't know why, as you say, he's a great filmmaker and some of the acting was actually fantastic. I just wasn't invested in the story. Um at all. You mentioned Belfast. I much preferred Belfast as a film. See, I much preferred this to Belfast. Yeah, I yeah. found Belfast quite artificial. Yeah, yeah. Well, then, as you've said before, if we all like the same film, there'd only be a need for one critic. So, <laughs> vive la différence, as it were. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And I say it wouldn't discourage people from going, because I know that I'm one of the very few who feels like that. Most people have been very positive about it. I, I think I try to review every film based within its own genre. Mm. I probably enjoyed Plane more, even though it's a totally different genre. But I think (laughs) on their own level, they're equally good. And I don't think you should knock films that set out to try and thrill you and manage to thrill you. I agree. I agree. And I I, I thought Plane really worked, maybe even better than The Fablemans. Yeah, it's it's on my list of things to see. But as you know, that is rather long and things seem to be disappearing faster than I can get to see them. Yeah, and you haven't seen Empire of Light yet? No, I haven't seen that yet. (gasps) Um, now people are coming out of the woodwork and have actually seen Emperor of Light and are thanking me for my recommendation. Good. I'm talking about ordinary people. So where anyway, do we go on to the Onto the, yeah, we've got a rush. At number five, we've got Megan, uh, the story of a very helpful humanoid robot who's meant to be looking after the children, which was at number two, down 45%, with a total of six million in this country. Number six, we've got Babylon with Margot Robbie, and Brad Pitt, which was at number three, down 50%, with a total of 2.6 million, which has many, many wonderful, amazing, unforgettable moments. I just wish the film hadn't been quite so long. At number seven, we've got the risible Matilda, the musical, which was at number five, down 21%, for a total of, ow, 26.4 million pounds. Mm-hmm. Number eight, I Want to Dance with Somebody, which was shut out, from the Oscars, um, which was at number four, down 41% for a total, very good actually for the music biopic, a total of 10.5 million. This, of course, is the st- one of the many life stories of Whitney Houston. Number nine, well, I didn't see this coming, The Wandering Earth 2, which is a prequel to The Wandering Earth, being a Chinese sci-fi action adventure starring Andy Lau, which grossed an average of just under £5,000 a screen in the UK at 58 cinemas. The best opening for a Mandarin language film in this country for at least a decade and a half. Are you familiar with The Wandering Earth, the first one? I didn't see The Wandering Earth. I didn't haven't heard of The Wandering Earth part two. I certainly know who Andy Lau is, but I was very surprised to see that. And at number 10, we've got Billie Eilish, live from the O2, in the chart based on just one day's figures, this being an event streaming from O2. And I know you love Billie Eilish, Simon. Um, and that was only shown. Yes. <laughs> that was only shown on Friday, the 27th of January. But before we took talk about our streaming film of the week so, yes so so gone from last week are our um tar which presumably has not done terribly well then no very um, disappointing and, again and normal called... people are loving it yeah normal people are loving it 
And um, well, well, it got good reviews. reviews. Well, yes, yeah, yes. No, it got right. So it, it got, seems uh, strange for some reason people are not going. I have one friend Dominated. who really wasn't invested in it, but um, I'm keen to see that. And a man called Otto, which I went to see. Uh, because I'd seen the Swedish original and because you said it was so good and because my grandson's called Otto. And as you said, uh, charming, great performance from Tom Hanks, really just a, an absolutely lovely film. And I confess my eyes were not totally dry at the end of it. I am no. so relieved because no, I know you loved the original Swedish film. I did. I did. And I, I do I want to see ready. that again if I can find it, but I thought it was really super. And it's it's not in the chart anymore, so it's but it is still around, 11. certainly in London. It's number 11 okay. in the chart, and it's made a total of £4.4 4 million. Pounds. And again, the friends I know who have seen it have loved it. Yeah, absolutely. I don't super. know one dissenting voice. No. Super. Just such a shame that, you know, good films don't get the chance to to pick up the audience. They, they might because so many new films are coming in. But you want to talk about a... Um, uh, a streaming movie, James. Bank of Dave, which again, I oh, know yes. you've seen. Yes. I've met Dave. Gosh. So tell us. Tell us all about it. Okay. Well, I suspect that Bank of Dave will have come as less of a surprise to you then as it did to me. I really had no idea that men in the financial sector use the exclamation toodle pip or that folk <laughs> north of Watford still use the term having a brew yeah. for having a cuppa. I really can't remember the last time I sat through a film ripe with so many cliches, but enjoyed it nonetheless for that. It's its very hackneyedness made it strangely endearing, <laughs> comforting even. I knew we were in trouble from the caption onwards when we are told the film is based on a true-ish story. I might have suggested that it was inspired by a true story or stimulated mm. by one maybe because people like Hugh Stockwell don't exist in real life he's barely this side of Mr Bean shoulders hunched forward who for some reason carries his over jacket crumpled in his arms as if he were cradling a dead baby nor do I believe that a banker as experienced as Hugh's boss would deliver the joke what do you call a thousand dead bankers at the bottom of the sea? A riddle as old as the Dead mm. Sea Scrolls. Mm. The answer being, of course, a good start. Come on, I urged. You have to do better than this. Anyway, Hugh Stockwell, played by Joel Fry, who we've previously seen in Cruella and Danny Boyle's Yesterday, plays a foot soldier from the London Mile who is dispatched to Burnley, up north to help a van salesman with his paperwork to set up a bank to help guide him through the labyrinth of rules and regulations designed to stop him in his tracks. Dave, played by Rory Kinnear, based on the real-life Dave Fishwick, is a karaoke enthusiast and local benefactor who feels that his town, Burnley, apparently one of the most deprived in the country, could do with a caring, sharing bank that does what it says on the tin. He sees it as a corner shop sitting side by side with the giant supermarket chains. Not a bad idea when you come to think of it. However, the Financial Regulations Board haven't approved a new bank in over 150 years. And Hughes Law Firm seems as good an opportunity to bleed Dave dry, charging him a wallet-buckling hourly rate as they tie him up in red tape. The only downside to the plan is that 
Hugh's law firms. Uh, well, Hugh actually has to leave the safe embrace of the M25 and actually go to Burnley, mm. wherever that is. Um, I, I wasn't surprised that it was directed by Chris Foggin, who brought us Fisherman's Friends, another feel-good, unbelievable, but true-ish crowd-pleaser. Mm. I sort of enjoyed it. I wish I'd seen the Channel 4 series of the same name. Yeah, which I, I would say is more interesting. I mean, so much of it was made up and 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 no point in making it up because the actual story is so wonderful. But, you know, there's a massive concert at the end. Didn't happen. It's just completely so Death ludicrous. Leopard. Don't, well, well, I wasn't going to mention it. I didn't want, to, didn't want there to be a spoiler. But, well, no, well, I mean, so much was made up um, that it just seemed pointless. Dave Fishwick is an, is an amazing guy. I thought he was reasonably well, well played, but um, I just found it quite surprising. And, and you know, dreadful. Any film to o- opening with just outright exposition being spouted from the word go instead of us well. discovering it. I'm afraid it, it was hackneyed. It was cliche-ridden. And yet I sort of quite enjoyed it just because... What Dave actually does is so wonderful, but I'd have liked to see more of that and a bit less of the, you know, the bankers, because that's, I mean, the story's there, but it, it's not as important as how he manages to change people's lives. I was just a little bit disappointed. Please, for Dave Fishwick, I mean, he's one of these guys you just can't help warm to. I interviewed him, oh gosh, must have been seven, eight years ago now. Really? This was when all this was starting. Um, lovely man. And I wouldn't put people off watching it. I mean, it, Inspired by two stories, even that's putting it a bit strongly. Well, uh, but, it yeah, was, well. but it's worth watching, and it's very doing very well on um, on uh, Netflix. I understand. Yeah, so on Netflix as we speak. Yeah, yeah. yeah James, that's one all film. we've got. All we've got time for this week, but there'll be plenty more, I'm sure, from the business of film at the same time next week. You talking to me, Bond? James Bond. Thank you.